Welcome back to Scene by Scene with Josh and Dean. This is Josh Neufeld of joshcomics.com. And I'm Dean Haspiel of deanhaspiel.com. And this is the podcast where we talk about the movie American Splendor, break it down scene by scene. And today we're going to be talking about episode seven. Which is scene seven. Which begins at minute 11, second 11. And ends one minute and 16 seconds later at minute 12, second 27. And we have a special guest. It's our first guest on the podcast. It is uh, actor and friend Eli Ganias, who's in the movie. Welcome, Eli. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having me come in. Thanks for coming. So what we're going to do is start off by what we do every episode is kind of describe the scene and then talk through it. The way this scene starts off is actually, again, with a caption. We've talked about this in the past. Sometimes there's a caption box. And in this one, it says, A Rare Find, 1962. And it's going to be the scene that introduces our crumb to Picar, and we'll get into that. But I did think it was really interesting that the caption, A Rare Find, you know, they're kind of talking about records and collecting, you know, because transitioning from the last scene. But the rare find is crumb, if you think about it. There you go. You know, so there's our podcast, everyone. No, <laughs> thank you very much. We'll be um, here all week. And we're going to talk to Eli in, in a moment about it, but uh, about his role. Uh, he plays a character called Pauls, who is, I believe, based on a real life person named Marty Pauls. But there's another actor, Danny Hawk, playing a guy named Marty. So it's a little confusing to us. But we'll, we'll, you'll jump in in a second. So what happens is that. Crumb is at this garage junk sale, you know, looking for records. And you see him and he's lifting up this one record and... and well, that's, try- no, that's Harvey's at the at the garage sale. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And it's played by Paul Giamatti version. Right. right. And he's talking to the guy, Marty, about records. And then at some point, uh, we see James Urbaniak, who portrays Crumb, uh, walk on over. And that's where Eli, our pal, who's here today playing Paul's basically makes an introduction and tells Harvey Giamatti that Crumb is also is into comics and is into is into this stuff. So what was the line? Do you kind of remember? Um, it was uh, and let me be, meet my buddy, Rob, uh, Bob right. Crumb. Bob Crumb. Right. <clears throat> you should see his comics collection. It's out of sight. Right. <laughs> right. And then and you're also you look like kind of like a 1950s kind of uh, James Dean. Right. You know. Yeah. They, they when they went through the costume um, because they figured in Cleveland, they were five years behind. Oh, OK. <laughs> so it made sense that I was kind of a greaser. So yeah, you were like exactly. yeah, yeah. Right. There we go. What's really fun is that the minute you introduce the Crumb character to the Picard character, Giamatti gives uh, Urbanic this side eye. Uh, he looks him up and down, almost like he's a, he's come to face to face with either his arch nemesis or an ally. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, he actually moves his body yeah. into a crouch yeah. and then shifts his head. Very aggro. And gives like, him yeah, very... I'm into comics too. Yeah, and yeah. because this is a little different from before, because we're talking to someone who's on the shoot. Was that a direction or is that Paul? Well, if it was a direction, I wasn't privy to it. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> they had my, but um, it was pretty lax. I remember getting on the set, and right. I actually had two scenes in the film. I was going to ask if there was anything on the cutting room floor. Yeah, the, the, okay. fr- the first day we shot, it was uh, a story that Harvey was listening to with me, Danny Hawk, and two other guys, okay. and uh, they were saying, "Marty, tell us about your date." And, that, and it, this, this was actually on a cover 
of American Splendor, I believe. Right. He goes, uh, yeah, well, I got arm around. Like, would you get off her? <laughs> right. I got arm around. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then I laugh at uh, Marty for, for saying, I love my arm around. Ah. Right, right. And I remember Sher- the director, Sherry, said, it was my first day on a movie set like this. Um, she said, relax. If you mess up, we'll do it again. Right. It's not a big deal. Right. So they were really low-key, very, very welcoming, very sure. warm. Sure. So we did that scene the day before we did the garage sale scene. Okay. We were supposed to do them both together, but weather, it started raining. So they, they had to hold me over. So they, they asked me to stay an extra. I stayed an extra. I was only supposed to be there for one day. Because it does. It is a gloomy. The the one the scene in the film is gloomy yeah, looking. It definitely looks like it's about to rain. Yeah. Well, it was raining most of the day of that first scene. Okay. That got cut, and then in the garage sale scene, we were losing light, and it was actually uh, snowing. It was freezing. Oh, oh wow. So this weather came in. Yeah. And it got totally. It was so cold that day, mm. uh, and it was. You can't tell in the film, but it was. It, it was flurrying. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, and we started getting it was getting darker and darker. So, but it it doesn't seem that way. In the and film. and the scene that that didn't make it into the movie that was also outside. Yeah, it was outside. Uh, I'm when I went to the opening, I saw Ted Hope right there, and he recognized me, which was nice because I didn't know because it was sure. for, we shot the film in two thousand one, right after nine eleven, oh. um, and the movie didn't get released for several years hmm. later. Uh, I did not know that. I, I should know that. I, yeah. didn't, I don't remember that. But maybe the editing process took a long time. Or... Well, what they wanted, they it was supposed it was an HBO film, right? And it was supposed to be on HBO. But I believe it tested really well. Mm. So they said we should release this theatrically. Uh, okay. And I guess that changed the timetable. And then I it, then it, it went to Sundance, won awards, right. won the, right. the jury prize, grand jury prize, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Right. But the other thing that's that we're learning today, or at least I didn't know this, and this is coming from Eli, is uh, he plays a character named Pauls, and the guy, uh, the actor Danny Hawk plays a guy named Marty, but they're both playing one person, it seems. Marty Pauls, who is the guy that introduced uh, Crumb to Harvey. So what's that about? They um, split the character. Why? That's so interesting. Um, it's not like they needed to. I mean, if you think about the scene, it could have been one guy instead yeah, of two. I, I'm not sure what went into it, which is fine, because if they didn't, it would have gone to Danny Hawk and not me, which was, you know, better, good for me. Right. But when I got on set, we went. there was a van, because we were waiting to go to set, and there was, there was some delay. And in the van was Urbaniak, uh, Jamadi, and Hope Davis. Uh-huh. All in cost, you know, right. ready to go. Hope and Davis, who plays uh, Joyce Bradner. Joyce Bradner, right? Yeah. The, 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 his wife uh, for most of his yes. life. And Urbaniak did some done some uh, research, and he showed me some books with pictures of Marty Pauls, and that, you know, that I'm half of Marty, and, and Danny is playing the other half. And uh, what was funny was that the, they show, he showed me the picture and he goes, oh, it kind of looks like you. And he had that mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. you know, short and I'm a little short and, mm-hmm. and kind of a little stocky. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I, I did, there was some resemblance in the, the way he had his hair, mm-hmm. thick and dark, and mine mm-hmm. was the same way. So for some reason, they had this Marty Paul's character and they took him into two parts. You know, I have a theory now that you said that, that maybe Marty Paul's didn't give the rights to do... I mean, is that even possible? Like, would that he be an issue? He actually had died already. He died oh. in the early 90s. Marty so that Pauls. wouldn't necessarily be an issue. Yeah. I'm wondering if it was 
just going with this whole theme of this movie, which is about identity and you know, yeah, but it's all such these a, different but iterations. It's of only characters. one scene. It's yeah. only one, so why would they go through the effort? Well, there was another scene. Well, that's true. That got cut. So, and we did. We each had more lines. And I know later on, there's a a, a mashup of a couple of characters during the My Cancer Year part of the movie with the artist that draws that book is a combination of of characters. Mm -hmm. So maybe they were fudging it but still that's just i would i i wonder weird. if maybe they were also trying to pay homage to marty pauls because he's a pretty important character in cleveland in that era who you know was a like a mocker someone who puts people together right and uh, he was into old music and kind of got other people into it he sort of recognized the comics movement he was like a tastemaker would you say too maybe a little bit like he, he was a trendsetter sure. and a cultural sort of avant-garde person uh, in a city that Behind, have that behind much the of times that. a little yeah. bit. It's funny because I, I think of, when you say that, I think of Paul Gravatt. Is that how you say his mm -hmm. last name? The British uh, guy who does that in England or, you know, in and, Europe. Yeah. You know, he, he matches up people. And also Marty Pauls was married, at least for a time, to Crumb's sister, huh. Dana Colorado. So he was in that world. And, Wait, and time out. Dana Colorado? That's her, that's her name. Yeah, Dana Colorado. So Crumb had a sister with a different father or the mother what was that her married name sorry sandra colorado still the colorado yeah part the colorado doesn't sound like part to me. i think is just she changed her name and wow. it was the 60s you know I'm, wow. I'm not really sure the whole story there wow and actually it's funny because like you know the movie that came out before american splendor the movie is is crumb i believe right the documentary that yeah, was before 1995 right? yeah they even mentioned that in the scene mm -hmm. that you've probably seen a movie about him right you know which is and she would not take part in that movie she died a few years after the movie came out but i know that she was estranged from crumb and, do they and mention the her the family. i don't know if they ever mention her because they mention his two brothers in right. the movie and they're the, in the movie right. or one had died and the Charles mother had died already the mother was in the movie the father had already died so yeah the the one sister Wow. Uh, refused to take part and was not even mentioned in wow. the film. And she was the one married to Marty. And she was the one that had been married to Marty. So, so for some reason, they split the character into two. Uh, you got now. You said this was your first movie you ever made. First real, I did a small independent thing that never okay. saw the light of day, which was probably fine. Uh, so yeah, this was my first. And first you, this one. was shot in Cleveland. This scene. Cleveland, yes. And you're and, a New Yorker. Yes. So how did they? Did they fly you out there? How did that all work? Um, this is some interest in that. Um, he had to drive his, he had to take his own car. No. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're kidding. That's true. I drove myself oh. because I auditioned in New York and the casting director, who you may know, Ann Golder. Uh, I remember. She um, casted Bored to Death. Right. Okay. Um, she casted American Splendor. She's very good friends with my wife. So she occasionally, when something can come up, that, oh, Eli might be. Right. So this is a small little part. Bring him in. And um, I went in. It was a table. It was like we were at a big table, and Sherry and Rob, Robert Puccini, I think it's Pulcini. Pulcini, sorry, yeah. um, were in the room with Anne, and I read the lines. Um, so they were casting in New York? Yes. Okay. So I was, and I tried to look as, you know, it was set up, character was a greaser. Mm -hmm. So I... I tried to wear a tight T-shirt. I was a little thinner and younger, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so I came in with a bravado, mm -hmm. and and we actually spoke, had a conversation that went. I was tried to be as charming as I could, and did the line, and that was it. Mm -hmm. And then a day or two later, Anne got back to my wife and said, "They really liked him, mm -hmm. me." Mm -hmm. I was like, "Whoa!" Mm -hmm. So they, as it went forward, they said, "Yeah, I, they want to use, they want me, but 
we have to hire him as a local hire to save money. Local as in Cleveland. Cleveland local. local. Right. Because so they, they get some tax breaks or something for... Well, I think they just pay. They don't have to... They pay less. I don't know if it's the rate. It's not the rate of the day, but if it, if it was a, not a local hire, they'd have to pay for my transportation. I see. Which they didn't want to do. Oh, wow. So that was the thing for so them. So they're like, basically, like, if you can get yourself to Cleveland, exactly. you're welcome to be in our right. film. Okay. Um, <laughs> so All right. So, so you had to drive yourself there. Interesting. I had a car. It was right after 9-11. It was in November. Of, of 2011. Wow. wow. So we're and, all still reeling. Right. So yeah. I did not want to deal with the airport. No. So I, and, but I had a car. Right. I said, how long does it take? Nine hours? Yeah. It's good. That's not much longer than flying with the three hour wait. Sure. So I drove to Cleveland. Sure. And it was easy. It was a straight line on 80, make a left at Akron. <laughs> or make a right at Akron. Excuse right. me. And, I, w- um, I went to college in Oberlin, which is 30 miles outside of Cleveland. So I made that drive many times. Oh, it was, yeah. it's an easy drive. Mm hmm. All right, so we got to ask, like, you do the two scenes, right. one made it into the movie, you're acting with uh, Danny Hawk, you know, Paul, Paul Giamatti, Giamatti, James Urbaniak, James Urbaniak, you're talking mm-hmm. about Ted Hope, right. and I guess Hope Davis as well. Did you, So do you have any stories, or did you interact with them outside yeah. of acting? Hope Hope Davis, I did, I only, we. I was there, the first day I was there, we were all sitting in a van waiting to go somewhere. They were shooting the scene in the comic book store. Okay. I think where Crumb was signing and they were going in, because I, I remember seeing the big the big woman that was. Oh right, Crumb Crum jumps on her. Yeah, he was and like, she gives him a piggyback ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was on set. So it was that scene. So it was years forward. Right. And she, and Hope Davis had her wig on. Right. And we were just kind of in the and I think we had some occasional. We talked about nine eleven. Mm. Where mm. were you? Where were you? You know and that kind of stuff. But we're just kind of sitting there. So, but I didn't really speak with Hope that much. Mm. I talked to James Urbaniak quite a bit mm. because it turns out we're from the same area, in New Jersey. Mm. I went to Freehold Township High School. He went to, I believe, Manalapan High School, which was the same high school district. Okay. And we're the same age, so we're in the same grade. And I think he went to Brookdale. He worked at the radio station that I listened to. We used to go to Clarence Clemens's club. In the Red Bank, Big Man's West, so we we had a lot in common as far as location. So it was almost method acting that you were doing with yeah. this guy. <laughs> it was so we we talked a lot in the van, uh, and Paul Giamatti was fine. And then I I, I didn't know what to say to him because he was like Paul Giamatti. <laughs> and I went, I was a big fan of your father. <laughs> like, oh, His father is Bart Giamatti, who the baseball was the commissioner, the commissioner oh, of baseball. Know died, yeah. I didn't know. But yeah. let's let's rewind for a second, though. Two thousand one. What had Paul done before that? I know. I think this movie broke him out. He had done Sideways, right? Before, no, no. Sideways, sideways was, no. was after, after he did. What oh, okay. broke him out was the Howard Stern movie. He played pig vomit. Oh, oh that's right. okay. That's right. And then did this. So you had known. I mean, I had known heard, of him. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then you said, hey, do you have any stories with him or, or any? Yeah, we um, are. I think our wives were, I think his wife just had a baby. Mm-hmm. And my wife was about to have a baby. Mm-hmm. So we talked about that. And he spoke of not wanting to hold children. <laughs> and um, like, I was not a big kind. I don't like to help. And, but as soon as I had my kid, give me my kid. Right. Uh-huh. So we talked about having kids and, oh, that's, that's and that kind of stuff. And then when, when I saw him later, uh, my kid was two. Right. You know, or two or three. So I, we show you. Yeah, picture you. So we were like, you were catching up about our kids. Of Paul was very good. Get, get, we actually shared a trailer when we did actually get, go to shoot. Right. It was me, Danny Hawk, Paul Giamatti, and I think Urbanic Roll had one trailer mm. because I, because I believe Hope was on set and she had her trailer. Mm-hmm. The next day, Paul had his own trailer. 
so I didn't share it with Paul. Uh, okay. But um, he was actually more um, friendlier on in the garage sale scene uh-huh. than he was maybe the first day. Because I think he, I mean, he just met everybody. Sure. I think people just, I mean, I certainly just showed up. Danny Hawk just showed up. Right. I think Urbaniak wasn't on set before. Right. Before then. So he was, everyone was kind of feeling each other out. Sure. Talking about stuff. Sure. Uh, oh, I remember, talked about Paul Giamatti about fantasy baseball. Oh, he well, had, his father. His brother. His brother was a big fantasy baseball guy, mm. and he dabbled in it. And I, can mm. I and I dabbled in it, and we mm. kind of laughed about that. That's cool. Um, and what about what about Harvey Picard? Did you meet Harvey? Harvey? Was not on set the, the two days I was there, oh, and, no. they, and they talked of him coming on set. Right. And they like just go, oh man, he's like, <laughs> you don't know what he's gonna be. You know, he's like in the corner. He's like, right. you don't know what he wants. Um, Oh, but he funny. was working. So it wasn't still. it wasn't something that the actors enjoyed having him on set. It was a little awkward, I think, for the actors, okay. from what I could tell. Uh, it was certainly it seemed awkward for the directors. Mm. Um, but I but he was still working at the VA. Yeah. So he was probably. Yep. I mean, he was probably at he his, was at his job. At his job. He was at his right. job during the movie. Um, yeah. yeah. So he was working, that and I didn't sense. see um, Joyce. Joyce there on the set either. Who I heard some stories were that hope. Uh, Davis specifically asked that Joyce not be on set when she was doing her roles. Now, do you think it's because as an actor, Eli, do you think it's because if someone's portraying a real life person that they don't want that person around them during the 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 performance? Yeah, I could imagine it being any if they're in sight. Mm. You know, if I'm playing someone and that person's there, Mm. any movement that they would make, I would construe it. As, a as some sort of a commentary on your right. performance. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it would sense. be like she, it, like if she kind of looked, if, if the character would look up, I go, "Oh right. my God, she's looking up." They hate <laughs> me. They hate me. Yeah, God, she hates me. I can imagine that being the case. So it would be for me. Did you, as someone who's was going to be in what you thought two scenes with just a couple of lines, how much research did you put into this in uh, terms of Harvey really, and American Splendor? I, and I didn't do much of anything. You know, I had a couple lines. Were you aware of the comic book series? Yeah, and, and yes, Picard? I was. I was married previously to um, a woman whose father met Harvey Picar, and Harvey and he got like the first twelve or thirteen issues of, of American Splendor, mm. and because he knew I was a comic book fan, he gave them to me before years the, before years yeah. before. Okay. So then my wife and I got divorced. Right. Um, he is out of my life. Right. But I have these American wow, Splendor that's, comics. That's that's I great. never I never looked at. Oh wow! Oh, interesting. And then because it just wasn't your taste. It, yeah, it wasn't. It you wasn't, like superhero. Comics. Yeah, I'm more like superhero guy. Yeah. This was in like a lot of text, mm-hmm. and I'm like, whoa! I mean, I can't concentrate on this. This is yeah. I mean, yeah. it's hard. I had it, it's just really difficult. But when I was on the set, and I and I read the script, I kind of looked through, and I saw the covers. Like one cover had one of my lines in it. Mm-hmm. I tried to find. I think I maybe found that scene mm-hmm. uh, that we that the the scene from the comic that right. did in the movie. And I kind of looked at it, but right. I didn't look up who Marty Paul, like Urbaniak, seemed to do. Sure. I mean, I was on for, you know, I would have like a minute. Yeah. So I, I was just wanting to get the line out and but, not forget. But, but to bring it back, yeah. did you get your magnifying glass and read all that text in a Harvey Picard comic? Did you ever read American Splendor? Not cover to and cover. Remember Not which podcast you're on. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like, I, I feel like I'm, a, I'm a charlatan. <laughs> So what did you think of the movie when you saw it? Oh, it, was, it blew me away. Uh, with the, um, well, seeing myself on a big screen was like, wow. Mm. It was funny with the uh, the opening. 
It was in New York, right? Yeah, it was in New York City. Yeah, I was there. 23rd Street. 23rd we didn't even know each other. I was right. there, too. Oh, we were there, too? Yeah. I was there, too. Wow. Right. I was Dean's well, date. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, seeing that movie, I mean... This yeah, it was great. It blew, the way they... Because I knew Sherry and Robert were documentarians. They had a success about a movie about a pet cemetery. Mm-hmm. I forget mm-hmm. the name of it. But, so, to bring the documentary, documentary style mm. into this narrative... Mm-hmm. It blew me away. It's an incredible hybrid because... And the hybrid using the comics, especially what teared me up and got me really emotional was the, you know, who am I? Who am I? There were so many Harvey... That, that yeah. animated segment. The Harvey Picard name story. Yeah, I did go yeah. back and found and that read, and, and read that, that segment. Yeah, great story. Out of the comic. Yeah. That is just beautiful and really affected me. You know what's interesting? I, I know they had come out with a... The, you know the making of the movie collection of American Splendor, like like there was, a Criterion collection. No, no, no. Uh, the comic. Remember the 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 book that came out. Uh, oh, the the. But it's it it, it was by Harvey and Joyce. Right. And had, yes. Yes. But I'm surprised that they haven't put together a collection of the stories that influenced the movie. The the very specific stories, like you've done for this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised to find that nobody had compiled that. that would be you great. Know, because, specific list. Yeah, that's that would have been really interesting yeah. to have that collection. And so, talking about which, the in the original story, there's a lot in the original story. Um, the young uh, Crumb, Crumb story, story, illustrated by Crumb, uh, a lot of lines from this scene, from the moment mm-hmm. where where you come in, where you're, at, where they meet each other, mm-hmm. and then later direct you know, commentary that Harvey is making about Crumb is directly lifted from that story. So it was really interesting to to see those parallels, but then to also see some of the differences, like the fact that the real meeting between Crumb and Picar actually happened at Marty Paul's apartment instead of at a garage sale. But you can see why in the course of making the movie, since they had this garage sale theme already set up right in the early the collecting the theme. collecting yeah. garage sale yard sale theme mm-hmm. set up with the actual harvey p car it segued nicely into making it happen mm-hmm. in this way mm-hmm. this is one of the um the first scenes in the movie that i think really closely hues to the original source material mm-hmm. and adapts it in a really nice way yeah good stuff oh i wanted to ask how many takes did you do for that particular scene um a few from yeah, various angles like i said one you know some close-ups and a couple takes from eating for camera moves mm-hmm. this angle that angle so a few takes um for each one i don't believe we took a crazy amount of takes but you know it took most of the day and did you feel that because you had already shot that other scene earlier, did you feel more relaxed and more comfortable yeah, in the whole thing that definitely. next day? Yeah, Paul was much more. Uh, uh, James was less uh, warmer. Do you think he was because he was kind of getting? I think character? he was in character. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna believe he's in character and not that he was a dick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Always um, hard to tell yeah. with actors, but because he was so in character, I because where I was, if you see in the scene, I was behind them right. by a few yards, and I had to wait for my cue to move in and go, hey, oh, you know, yeah. you know, it was really hard to hear James. It was really hard because he was speaking very uh, in that, low in that, voice. In yeah. that voice that he was doing. So it was very low and it was very difficult for me to hear him to get into that right. scene very quickly. So that was, you know, if, sure. it was, if anything was hard about that scene, it was right. the, the right. cold and me hearing uh, right. James come right. in. And, and having seen it recently, is there any other... Any other notes or feelings you have about it, watching yourself, uh, how, how, how many years later now? 
17 years? Wow, yeah. 17 years later. I remember the, the earlier scene that we shot was later in uh, the timeline. Got it. So they, I had gray in my hair and they uh, let it go. Oh. But for this scene... They slicked it. They mm. said, make him younger. Yeah. And I remember Robert came into the makeup tent and she had made me younger and he looked, at, looked me in the face and goes, can you make him any younger? <laughs> and they went, I went, okay. <laughs> and they used 10, 15 bottles of what it looked like to me, mascara in my hair right and they oh, just interesting. Get, you know right. using just taking this the wand and just right. just lowering it on my head yeah. right so yeah. it was full of of black makeup in my right. hair right. right and um i remember going back and taking a shower and it all like just oh, poured God. off just black <laughs> wow so i remember that um so and they cut my hair a little bit to make it shorter sure well, I also quickly, unless you have something you want to add to that. Uh, just one other thing was sort of just some insight into the way that two director, two writer directors oh, yeah. work together. Like, what, did they seem to take different roles during the actual shooting, or um, were they in my in my two days? It, Sherry was the the vocal one. I think maybe Robert said action, but mm-hmm. Sherry was in was in with us, mm-hmm. and giving um, more feedback. Yeah, and more feedback. Direction. Let's try this. How you mm-hmm. feeling? You good? And, and Robert was much more uh, quiet mm. and laid back. Interesting. Um, there was no tension, you know, between them, you know. And, mm. But and, it seemed to go very smoothly outside of the weather. And and if you could just give us your highlights of after the movie, what have you done since? Well, the, I'll tell you this. The movie took years to come out. Right. And I knew it was a good movie. I mean, I knew it was it had a chance to be good because there were good people in it. And I, first time I ever worked with these kind of people. Mm. But it, was ne- it wasn't coming out. Mm. I'm like, what? When is it coming out? I would call. I would look in. I would read comic movie news uh-huh. every day online. <laughs> When's it coming? I would. I'd like have an alert. Right. So I'd wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And then, it, and then finally, late at night, the trailer was released, mm. and I saw it on the computer. I said, "Oh, great! I'll listen, watch the trailer." And I click play, and most of my scene is in the trailer. <laughs> and again, That's I'm amazing. like. It was like two in the morning. I don't know what I was. Right, everyone was asleep, and I, my, I'm like shaking. And I played it like ten times. I'm in the trailer. Oh my god, this is that's me. That's me. Do you see that? I'm that guy. Tra- that right Even there. Even if that's no one sees the movie, they're gonna see the trailer. That's right. That's right. Um, and it, it is another funny story. Um, a, a friend of mine. Uh, I saw him at a. We went. It was a uh, the anti the the war march against the Iraq War. Mm-hmm. Um, and a guy from an acting class. Wait, I, which side were you on in that one? Were you uh, against it? I don't or? remember, oh, but it was yeah, a lot of people. It's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was the anti-war march. I'm more, okay. yeah. So a guy from my acting class was there with his girlfriend. I took a picture of him. I gave him the picture. I saw him like, sweet. I said, yeah, it's a picture. Right. I took you and your girlfriend. Oh, great. Thanks. And they went to see a movie. And she goes, oh, I love that picture. Who gave you that picture? And the American Splendor trailer was playing. And all of a sudden, I pop on the screen. And he goes... That guy That's amazing. gave me the picture. He came back and told me that story. That's amazing. So it was <laughs> talk about timing. That's yeah, fantastic. It was, um, that was a very funny story. Uh, and that then the movie finally came out. You know, it won Sundance. I'm excited. And, you know, right. I actually got a couple of auditions through to some TV shows. Right. And one of the uh, casting directors, Gail Keller, I believe, mm. said to me, "Oh, congratulations on your on the American Splendor. It's great." I went, "Oh, thank you very much." Right. That's great. Uh, and then the the opening came, and I and and I really was looking forward to seeing Paul Giamatti again because he's a big thing, big deal for me. And I was like, All right, "I'm going to practice." All right. uh, Paul, Eli, you remember me from the scene I was in the <laughs> <Christ>. uh, <clears throat> 
Hey, Paul, uh, Eli, remember me? We were in the garage sales. Okay. Uh, hi, Paul. Eli Ganias. Nice. You remember me from the... No, I'm going <laughs> in my head. I'm rehearsing in my head. You it's, talking it, to me? It, yeah, it's right out of the taxi driver's seat. Um, Paul, great to see you again. You know, so I'm going this through my head. My wife's with me. And she goes, okay, I can see Paul. Okay, well. Before that ever happened, I feel an arm on my shoulder, and he's like shaking me, and it's Paul Giamatti. Oh. Go, dude, what's up? And oh. he says that to me, and I'm like, That's he, ne- he didn't have to do that, and he made me feel That's nice. fantastic. 10 feet tall. And we like, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, yeah, I have my kids. A picture of my kid. Oh, look at him. Let me see this. Oh my God, look at him. Right. Let me. Here's my kid now. And That's then we you know we spent 10, 15, you know, talking, and then. Uh, you That's know, fantastic. He went off. That, so that was I love that. a highlight of the That's whole process. Fantastic. And the movie came out. People you know, saw it and loved yeah. it. And... But you went on to do other stuff. I've done some uh, Law and Orders. Law uh, I did. A, I did. I met Sidney Lumet. He did a TV show called wow. 100 Center Street. Great director. And uh, I was a Greek. being I am Greek. Right. And I played a Greek bigamist in his courtroom. Uh. And I worked with Alan Arkin. Oh my nice. God, my favorite. Yeah, he I was love Alan um, Arkin. tremendous. Uh, did you read his recent, uh, well not recent book, but he came out a book about... Oh, uh, improv and improvisational life. Oh, from because he was in Second City. He's way fantastic. Back. It's a fantastic book. Check mm. it out. Yeah. Anyway, well, he was great. Uh, I met. I got a chance to work with him mm. on the set, and uh, I had a Greek. I portrayed a Greek accent, and he goes, I, and and in, in between shoots, I would not have my accent, and he goes, I thought you were Greek. <laughs> That's know, good. Good actor. Yeah. Goes, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm just doing my father's accent. Yeah. Yeah. So we, that was fun. I met Sidney right. Lumet through the audition right. process, and he was right. really sweet to me. Um, so that was my kind of big TV job. Yeah. And then I got a Law & Order. Right. I was a cop, and I worked with Jesse Martin, okay. who was in Flash, uh-huh. um, and uh, Dennis Farina. Oh, uh, wow. And then I did a couple so other... So was that era of uh, Law & Order, sort of the later years? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, I think Jerry Orbach came back okay. after okay. that. And then I was a clerk on Lorna. Then I was a sports reporter on Criminal Intent, mm. and then um, and that's that, those are my TV credits right, right, right now. Right, right. And I do do a lot of theater in the yeah, area. That's right. Um, and talking about which, doing. you guys right. worked together on a production yes. of yeah. Dean's own play, Harry Carey Kane. Well, actually, I had met Eli through a play he had done previously through our mutual pal Phil Cruz. Mm-hmm. Phil Cruz. A note: That's Phil Cruz's jacket I'm wearing. In the scene, that's right. The oh, leather nice. jacket. Phil loaned me his jacket because I need to be <laughs> so a you greaser. bring with you. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Phil was in, oh, right. in the movie. There you Phil's go. in the movie. Uh, so Eli was in a play. But do you remember the name of the play? Jump it. Jump it. That's right. By and, Phoebe Farmer. That's right. And I saw him, and when he came out of the play, he's like, "I'm a big comic book fan." Like. I was going to praise him. And yeah. suddenly he's like talking to me about, you know, what I, I do. I and then you guys my, showed uh, each other pictures of your kids. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. I brought a, uh, an arch, Archie number one, one of the variant, the variant cover. The, the that variant Dean cover that I drew. And I, so and, he comes out of the play and I'm great. signing something for him, <laughs> which was bizarre. And then we went to a bar, hung out. And then at some point, you know, I had written this play, Harry Carey Kane. And, uh, which was produced by the Brick Theater. Oh, uh, it was, it was, it, Played at the Brick Theater. Played at the Brick Theater. Theater uh, company's Gemini Collision Works. Right. right. And uh, this produced was in... and directed uh, by Ian W. Hill. Mm-hmm. And what year was that? That was last year. No. 17. October, yeah. fall no, of 17. No, it was, uh, yeah, fall of 2017. Okay. And Eli played a guy named Fred. <laughs> in... Freddy's dead. Freddy's dead. And, uh, and, and Phil was also in that as well. So, yeah. But you've, uh, you've done other theater, television, 
And what's next? What's up with you now? You auditioning? Uh, yeah, auditioning. Just mm-hmm. had a couple of, you know, it's mostly been theater for me, and I occasionally get a TV uh, audition. Right. And is there anything else you want to share with us? Oh, I have a regret. Okay. My the accent I did was more of a New York accent. Mm. And yeah, from, that really uh, stuck out for me. I mean, <laughs> kind of ruined my experience of the but movie. But being from Cleveland, you think you'd meet more like Chicago and say, "Hey, huh? You should see meet my pal." Uh, meet more like Bugs, sounds like more like Bugs Bunny then, but um, <laughs> um, but I was like, "Hey, Harv, you got to meet my buddy." Right, right, right. Rob, right. got awesome guy. Well, I feel like if you look like a greaser you have to sound like the guess, universal yeah. greaser right right, right. <laughs> there were other people that didn't tell me to change it so i did right exactly i, 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 think I let it, it go a little it's their bit. fault <laughs> <laughs> well thanks so much eli for coming out and talking to us oh, it's my pleasure you know great, uh, it's great yeah, talking about thanks it. a lot it's some great memories i'm very i'm very proud to be in that film it was a, such a good film and the small part i have in it um notwithstanding i'm very proud to have uh, been a part of it it's great work eli thank you so until next time on Scene by Scene with Josh and Dean. You can find us at scenebyscenepodcast.com online and the Scene by Scene Facebook page. And we'll catch up with you next time with uh, Ordinary Life being pretty complex stuff on Scene by Scene with Josh and Dean. Scene by Scene.